0: Welcome to episode 271 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, your only chance at getting the Stern Coffee Table Kickstarter book. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do on this episode is we're going to talk about Expo. We are just a few days away from Pinball Expo in Chicago. It happens this week, and there's always like a little bit of a buzz in the air before a pinball show. What I want to do on this episode is I want to give you my predictions for what I think is gonna happen at Pinball Expo 2018. And I know it's a little premature to do this because we could simply just wait a few days and actually talk about what we see at Expo. But here's the good news, we're gonna do that too. And we're gonna get some guests on the show who are at Expo to give us a firsthand account of what they saw at the show itself. So what we'll normally do is we will go down the manufacturer list and we will talk about what we think will be their presence at Pinball Expo and what the takeaway will be uh, at this year's show. But before we do that, it wouldn't be Canada's Pinball Podcast if we didn't talk about more rumors and speculation. And one of the most um, speculated things going on in the pinball world is the Beatles. All right. So we broke the news on this show that they are going to add spinning discs to Uh, the Beatles Sea Witch Reskin Playfield. Now, here's the new thing I'm hearing because I've been hearing a lot of rumors about the pricing of these machines. I am now hearing the following price schematic for the Beatles, okay? Are you sitting down? I'm hearing that the cheapest Beatles edition will be $10,000, okay? So that's your Beatles premium. I'm then hearing uh, the next price up will be $18,000 for the limited edition of the Beatles. And then the diamond edition will be known as the Diamond 35. They're going to make a hundred of them at the price of $35,000. Holy crap. That's the same exact price as a Honda Civic Type R. Um, so what do we think about this pricing? Now, look, these price rumors about the Beatles have been all over the map. Everywhere from Joe Kamakau telling people that it's not going to be as expensive as Batman 66, all the way up to people saying it's going to be $50,000. Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe that any brand new pinball machine could actually have enough inside it to be the same price as a Honda Civic Type R, okay? I just, I I can't for the life of me fathom spending that much on a pinball machine, but we've seen crazier things because all you have to do is zoom out of the pinball hobby and start zooming into some other collectible hobbies. And all of a sudden... $35,000 doesn't even seem like a lot when you start looking at things like watches and wine and automobiles and you name it, you know, classic movie posters. If Ted was on the show, he'd be talking about classic movie posters. So do you think that there will be a $35,000 Stern pinball machine? Um, Look, I think most people hope not. So here's the thing that I want to talk about when it comes to this, because I think there's a lot of ways to skin this whole thing. Do we feel that Beatles collectors, right? Those who collect Beatles memorabilia will be attracted to a pinball machine that cost $35,000. Okay. We're just going to use that as a hypothetical cost. Um, We didn't really see Star Wars fans go nuts for the Star Wars pinball machine. Now someone said to me, well, that's because there's already been a few Star Wars pinball machines and this will be the only, I believe the only Beatles pinball machine that has ever come out. Um, So it's got that sort of rarity going for it or exclusivity. Now here's the thing though. I think people collect memorabilia Uh, based on franchises and bands and movies that they absolutely love. And there's some nostalgia associated with the actual item they collect. Okay. So when you look at the definition of memorabilia, it is defined as the following. Objects kept or collected because of their historical interest, especially those associated with memorable people or events. All right? Okay, now, my whole thing is this. It's one thing to spend a fortune on, let's say, a leather jacket worn by John Lennon, or John Lennon's piano, or Paul McCartney's guitar. Those things have historical prominence That equals their value. But a brand new pinball machine that comes out in 2018 based on the Beatles, you know, paying homage to the Beatles, has no historical prominence within the band. Okay, this wasn't John Lennon or Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr's pinball machine. It's just a brand new item that features the Beatles' music. Now, that is why I still do not think that people who eat up everything Beatles will run after this item as a piece of Beatles memorabilia. And I think it is much different, the Beatles and a Beatles pinball machine than what we saw with Supreme and the Supreme pinball machine, because Supreme is much different. The entire Supreme fan base that collects Supreme items, they are are all about buying the latest and greatest new thing that Supreme puts out in the world. So Supreme is very much a modern phenomenon around collectability. You know, Supreme puts its name on a Metro card, a Louis Vuitton piece of luggage, uh, a boxing glove, a sneaker, a sweatshirt, a pinball machine. It doesn't matter to Supreme collectors. They literally will collect any of it just to have the rare items. I don't think we're gonna see the level of crossover from Beatles fanatics and collectors to, to have to have these machines. Uh, and again, I think Star Wars is more of an indication of that His Stern overshot with 800 LEs and there really wasn't that kind of interest in it, all right, also because the game wasn't very good. right. How many people are talking about playing Star Wars these days? Nobody. There's like this whole thing. I'll talk a little bit later about it, but it's all about how, you know, the Stern games that are pretty recent games that you never hear anybody talk about. Well, let's just talk about it now. Like when's the last time you heard anyone say anything about Aerosmith? When was the last time you heard anyone say peep about Kiss? When was the last time you heard anyone even say anything about Guardians of the Galaxy? It is amazing to me how Stern so effectively creates these small little windows of hype that make everyone rush to the flame to buy and then a few months later, you never hear anything about the game. They're just forgotten and we're on to the next. Incredible marketing, a super genius approach and they do it time and time again. Will it work for them on the Beatles? Will they be able to do this? Now, the other question is, if this is true, if there is a $35,000 version, how do you make a game worth $17,000 more than the $18,000 LE, right? So that's the challenge, is because once you stop redesigning the game, right, if nothing on the play field is changing, like let's take Batman Super Elite for example, if you're not changing the actual game, like there's no difference in code, there's no difference in gameplay. Then you have to put thousands of dollars in value or perceived value in things like artwork and things like the speakers and things like the topper and things like the cabinet and things like the armor, all cosmetic stuff, you know, and unless they put super, super expensive $15,000 speakers in the game um, like BMW or Hansen speakers, how are they ever going to justify that price? And the other thing, ultimately, if you buy a thirty-five thousand dollar pinball machine, there there literally will never be room for that machine to go up in value. I, I just you're never going to see this thing appreciate like a rare nine eleven Porsche. Uh, now, now I might seem like a little bit of a hypocrite because I've been saying for a really long time I don't think anyone has tapped into the premium pinball market. I don't think anyone has fully understood the amount of millionaires out there who do just want the best pinball machine, who do want the greatest pinball machine. The thing is this, and if we're all honest with ourselves, we all know that Stern Pinball is not the company capable of making that super high-end machine. They just aren't. We saw it with Batman 66. As an owner of the SLE, I can say firsthand it was absolutely comical what they put in that machine for $15,000. Now, my machine now looks great because I yanked out all the janky, stern toys that they bought off the shelf from Walmart. But for the most part, you know, they literally went really cheap on a lot of the items and still were able to sell out. And, and, and I think that shows one thing. To me, that doesn't, it, it doesn't prove to me that Stern knows how to make a great premium product. It proves to me that pinball collectors want something expensive and rare and they were willing to pay for it even if the value wasn't there. So if you're Joe Kamikow and you're George Gomez and you're Gary Stern, you look at that and you say, wow, like, we've got a bunch of suckers out there that will buy even if we haven't put in the value. And it always makes me sad to see Stern sell these things. Like, literally, like, sell their LEs at $9,000 and Jersey Jack is putting so much more into the games and he's pricing them at the same amount. It, 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 it's so fucking weird to me. That we have people aiming much higher and yet Stern, simply because they can manufacture it, will win and get the money. Because here's the ultimate thing I've learned in this hobby over the last three to four years is that this product is an impulse buy that nobody needs and rich men, rich men who have money to burn, they don't want to wait. They don't want you to string them along. They will go buy something else that they can have tomorrow. If Stern showed up at Expo, all right, or at TPF with like 100 Beatles SLEs for $35,000 they would probably sell a lot of them at the show if you could throw them in your truck and take it home. And they said, this is the only place you could buy it. We would have people phoning their friends from all over the world. Pick me up one, can you, put, can you get me one? I mean, literally, that is what would happen simply because you would tell a rich pinball collector, you can have it tomorrow and we're not gonna make more than this many. And for some reason, that just triggers, I have to have it. All right. Okay. But let me also come back to planet Earth right now. Let me come back to reality. A $35,000 pinball machine is fucking stupid. Okay? Let's just stop playing games here. Let's stop being idiots. A $35,000 pinball machine. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid, 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 stupid. There's no way that game for $35,000 will be a better pinball experience than a $5,000 Stern Pro. Just no way. A reskin of Sea Witch, not gonna do it. Sure, it's gonna have Beatles music, but here's what you could do. You could go buy all the Beatles music. Isn't it like also free to listen to? I mean, literally, you could go buy a $35,000 speaker system that would play the Beatles music in the best audio format possible. You'd be better off doing that and then just playing your Walking Dead as the Beatles music was playing and you turn the sound off and pretend that you're playing a Beatles pinball machine. I mean, literally, it's stupid. It's asinine. But also, it's going to be fun to see where Stern finally prices this game. Personally, I think 35000 sounds ludicrous. When I see those numbers, when I see those numbers, I would guess, again, we're speculating on this show, I would guess the super LE of Beatles will be $18,000. I think they take it up a little bit from Batman because it's the Beatles. And I would say $18,000 for the super LE. Then I think we're going to see an LE for like 12, 000, like dollars or $12,000. And then I think we're going to see the premium at ten. That is my guess. And there's going to be three art packages um, and we are gonna. I see. I don't know when we're gonna find this out because if you saw my last show or listened to it, um, is Elvira three gonna be next? Is Stern just fucking with us? And that's gonna be the case, um, or will it be Munsters? Or you know, it's we know the next three Stern games. Hopefully, maybe who knows, right? We know Beatles and Munsters for sure. Elvira is the wild card if that's gonna happen in front of those. Um, okay, so let's go on to our Pinball Expo speculation. Now, I'm not gonna belabor a lot of this because we're gonna go over Expo in, in a short period of time. Uh, in the next few days, we're gonna have a lot of Expo episodes going up. Let's go down the list. I'm gonna open up Pinside. And I'm gonna go down the list of manufacturers and I'm gonna tell you what I think um, is gonna ha- be the show for them. And I also wanna tell you, like, do I think they should even go to the show or not? Because I also think, as you've heard on this show before, um, going to every show, is kind of a waste of money at times if you don't have a reason to be there. All right, so let's start, I'm gonna start with American Pinball because I think American Pinball is probably the main attraction at this year's show. They are coming with Oktoberfest. They are gonna show a brand new game that no one has seen anything on other than a few images of artwork. Uh, I love the fact that people called out that the guy in the art package looks just like Todd Tucky from TNT Amusements and people were photoshopping his face onto the image and it, looked, it, it looks uncanny. It's kind of incredible. Um, this is going to be a very big show for American Pinball. We know that Houdini was rushed. They made Houdini as sort of a way to salvage their partnership with J-Pop. Um, Joe Bossert, uh, you know, Josh Kugler. this game uh, has a lot riding on it. Uh, I don't think this can be a game that they, uh, you know, missed the mark on. Uh, I think they heard the feedback from everyone on Houdini that the game shot too tight, that the game was frustrating more than fun. And I think we see that. I think we see people selling Houdini's already um, for around $6,000. And see, that's the problem. If your game's a myth and people start unloading it, the problem is now distributors will stop ordering new Houdinis because there are still Houdinis sitting new in box. But why would I go buy one of those when I can get a low play one for, for and save myself $1,000, $1, $1,500? Uh, and that price is going to keep going down. And we know that once Oktoberfest comes out, if it has what they've been saying it will have, which is even more magic and more cool shit in it than Houdini, and it will shoot better, the prices on Houdini are going to absolutely tank. So that you know, that's just the nature of improvement. You know, people want the new thing. Um, I still think you know the title is going to be a difficult one to win people over. So the game's going to have to be incredible, uh, but a very big show for them. The other thing that I'm going to be curious to see they talk about, and I think this was a mistake to reveal this, um, is they revealed to the world that they were going to set up another line where they can make other people's homebrew games uh, and distribute them from American pinball, very much like Charlie set up another line to make total nuclear annihilation. Now, the reason why I think this is a mistake, and I, I hope all pinball companies out there listen to this advice right now, there's, there's a reason why Stern Pinball has like over 90% of the market. There's a reason why Stern Pinball creates the hype they do during each and every launch. There's a reason why Stern Pinball is so successful. And it's not just their manufacturing. It's also the fact that Stern Pinball keeps their trade secrets to themselves. They don't reveal their business plans to the rest of the world early on. They don't talk, they don't tell you jack shit. They understand that this industry has become very competitive. And if you let people know your plans too early on, it will destroy your ability to create hype and surprise and curiosity, which are the things you need to grab people's money in this hobby because it is an impulse buy, I don't really need it kind of item. And everyone keeps fucking up. There is no reason why American Pinball should have told anybody they were doing this until they had built that game that they were going to build and revealed it right before the game was ready to ship. Because now I'm already hearing, I'm already hearing, that American Pinball has secured the rights to make A Nightmare Before Christmas and is going to make that their first homebrew game that they release. And I'm not sure if that's true or not, but see, now the problem is this. Now the problem is that they showed their cards on that second line. It's, It's not hard for people to go look at the homebrew games that have been shopped around and look at the ones that are the most complete and then make a very, you know, educated guess on which one it's going to be. And I think people need to learn this lesson. And the person who doesn't who started doing this all wrong was Chuck. You know, Chuck Chuck's funny to me because he thinks everyone should just be collaborative. Like he thinks like competing companies should be collaborative in pinball because they should work together to get more people to play pinball. And you know what happened to Chuck and and that belief? Is Chuck went around telling everyone that he was going to do Godzilla. And the, and because he kept running his mouth about Godzilla, Stern went and fucking stole it from him. Stole it right out from underneath him. They probably did the same thing with Munsters because Charlie talks. There is no way in a million years that Stern ever wanted to make some obscure Godzilla license. But they knew because Charlie was talking that their competitor was, was going to make it. And then they, they flexed their marketing muscle and yanked it right away from him. That's how business works. Look, I like it when pinball companies are competing to beat each other, when they're competing to send each other out of business because that's how you get to better products, Charlie. It's how you get to better products, Jack. It's how you get to better products, George. It is a good thing. That Stern should be nervous that someone's gonna make a game better than them, that someone can figure out manufacturing as well as them. Okay? That just leads to better pinball. It leads to better products, okay? All right, a little bit of a tangent there. So big show for American pinball. Will they talk about the separate line? I don't think so. All lives are gonna be on Oktoberfest. I look forward to seeing it. All right, let's go to our next company. Let's go to do 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 let's go to Stern. Okay, So Stern is going to make this show all about Deadpool. And I heard from someone over at Stern, and here's why. Deadpool premiums are just hitting the line right now. Stern cannot show up at Expo with any other title but Deadpool to talk about because the way Stern operates, they have a production line where they need orders and they need manufacturing to align at the same time. And right now, they need to fulfill all the Deadpool orders for distributors that have come in and they need to keep the focus 100% on that. They can't have people seeing something new and canceling Deadpool orders. So you will see nothing new from Sternet Expo. Nothing. Nothing. They can't do it. Their are manufacturing, the people who run the company would kill them if they took the wind out of the Deadpool order sales right now. So we're going to see nothing. I wouldn't expect to see anything from Stern, all right? Anything until probably I would say like I mean, I was guessing you know Halloween, but that's close. I would I would say like you know, early in November to mid-November, maybe like a month from now. So expect this to be a little bit of a letdown from Stern if you're expecting to see something on Munsters, Beatles, or Elvira. They might tease something, but I doubt it. I just don't think you're going to see anything. And it's kind of crazy to me that Stern has like four hours, four hours of seminar time blocked out to talk about what? Why do we have to hear from Steve Ritchie again? You know, it's like, I get it. You're making High Speed 3. We get it. Or The Getaway, whatever. You're making your third version. Or is it Black Knight 3000? I get it. You're going to make a sequel to one of your original titles. It still will never make up for Star Wars. No, I kid. Um, look, look. these are pinball designers. It's a pinball show. I'm, I'm actually joking with you guys when I say, like, I don't want to hear from these designers. It is always nice to hear from them. Um, but we're just not going to hear new stuff from Stern, all right? All right, let's go on to Multimorphic. Jerry will be there because Jerry is at every show for the last seven years. Um, you know, still curious to see how manufacturing's going. He's got to be looking at this whole pinball market and being like, fuck, like, fuck. I spent seven years rethinking pinball. And Total Nuclear Annihilation, a single level game, sold 550 units, and I'm on unit number 50. Seven years. Seven years from now, Scott Denisi will be on game number like four and keep making money. Jerry, gotta get the theme on that thing that moves it. You know it. You know I love you, brother. I love people who are ambitious. But, man... Gotta get, gotta get a title that finally gets that game moving, and I think everyone agrees with that. All right, all right. What else is Spooky Pinball, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle at Expo. Um, I'm not. Sh- is Chuck going to Expo? I, sometimes they don't always go. Uh, I think Charlie, if he goes, it'll be to let people play Al- Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Uh, I, you know, I don't really know why. Most of the spots are probably spoken for. Um, people are finally starting to get some games, I, but I think most of these games are, are going to operators right now. Um, you know, and look, we're gonna we're gonna get the obligatory. I just got at my Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, and it's the greatest game ever. I don't know what people are talking about. Every shot is makeable blah 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 blah. Look, look, we hear the same thing from everyone who's a new buyer. Everyone who bought Deadpool, it's the greatest game ever. Everyone who bought Pirates, it's the greatest game ever. Everyone who's gonna buy Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle is gonna justify that's the greatest game ever. Then two months go by and you see, hey, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle for sale, 37 plays. I'm so hesitant to list it for sale, but hey, you know, I hardly played it, it's great. Um, I need to make space for something else. Yeah, it's the same fucking cycle in this hobby every time. I've played Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I want you to play it. I hope to get more people's feedback on it. I don't think there's any denying the fact that there's a lot of shots that are tight. There's a lot of bricks in the game. Um, you know, it's all everything's like a post. They're not targets. Everything, like, every time you're a little bit off on a shot, post, back. And that's that's why it bricks. That's why it bricks. Um I love the castle, gray skull-looking castle. It does cover a lot of the playfield. Like the ball disappears in the top, you know, one third of the playfield because of that monster castle. It is cool looking. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on this show and say like this whole game is a miss for Chuck. I mean, I think the game is really cool looking. You know, are there 500 Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle fans out there? I mean, it apparently it seems there is. Um, I still think people are not going to want to wait 18 months to get these games. I think the delay did not help him at all. I think revealing it at Expo was absolutely asinine. Because think about it like this. Imagine if Charlie didn't reveal Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle at TPF. Okay, let's imagine a world where he doesn't do that. And then he shows up at Expo, right? He's, he's got TNA on the line the whole time. All summer long, he's making money on TNAs. He shows up at Expo with Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle done in box, has 25 of them, and says the first 25 are here to go. These are founder's editions, whatever, and, um, you know, and then they're on the line. So place your order now, non-refundable 1,000, and we're going to build yours. He, he would sell, He would sell them. He would sell them, and he would also sell them without making people wait eight months. He would have a better reveal. You know, the reveal of TPF was so bad. The game was like barely even like there's no no code in it. Why would you show your game so incomplete? What's the point? Like he didn't need to lock in those deposits because he had TNA sales left and right. So it just made no sense. I think he's learned a lesson. I think we're all going to learn lessons in this hobby. Show your game when you're ready to ship your game. If you don't do it that way, you're stupid. Like it's uh, Tony Montana. You're you're, you're stupid in terms of marketing if you do it any other way. All right? All right. So are we going to see anything from Scott Denisi game number two? Uh, Maybe he teases something. Uh, He can tease something. You know, the thing is Scott doesn't need to be like worried that he's going to cannibalize Alice Cooper sales because Chuck locked people in. So I think there's going to be a little bit more freedom there. All right. Let's go on to Jersey Jack pinball. Uh, Jersey Jack... Is going to be at the show. You know, he's going to do his presentation with Eric and the team at Jersey Jack. And look, Pirates is just shipping. And unlike Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, Jack needs to sell a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. And he's going to um, be able to. You know, he's going to. He he doesn't have a limited run. You know, he's he's only making. 250 collector's editions, but then he's got a 1,000 LEs, and then he's got the standards, and we all know Jack is going to make another edition once the LEs sell out, if they do sell out. I just don't see this game selling out, and I'll tell you why. And this just hurt Jack, is unlike Stern... You know, Jack's delay was just crippling. It's been 12 months since he revealed this game. The hype is kind of dead. This doesn't mean it's not a great game for people. I'm hearing from owners that they love the game. And that's great. But it doesn't matter if your game is great a year after reveal. Like, there's another game that I'm hearing is so fucking good right now that everyone needs to rethink it. And I have to say this, I've never had so many people come to me and say, look, I get it. And you were right when you talked about this game at the beginning. But if you play this game now, this game has sort of like under the radar, constantly been polished and improved to the fact where it is probably now one of the greatest theme integrated pins of all time. And if you look at the price they're selling for now, it is unfucking believable that you can go get a Hobbit limited edition or Smaug edition for roughly around six to sixty-five hundred dollars. That game new was eighty-five hundred dollars, and a Hobbit. If you put a Hobbit next to a Deadpool Premium, or put a Hobbit next to a Total Nuclear Annihilation, right? Put a Hobbit next to a TNA. And say you could get these for the same price right now. It's unbelievable. It, to the point now where I'm even thinking to myself, maybe it's time to get a Hobbit. And and it literally. Now what sucks for Jack is I, no one's going to go buy an $8,500 Black Arrow edition. Like He's not going to sell more new Hobbits because there are so many pristine and beautiful hobbits out there that you can get for sale and it just goes to show when you just when when you don't make the game magical uh you know you and you w- make people wait too long a game can become amazing but it'll never equate to more sales down the road like i don't think a lot of people are buying batman 66s i don't i i think the bad taste it left in people's mouths have led to like a freeze on sales and people are just like, yeah, cool, fine. They, they still approach it with like negative sentiment. And the same thing will happen in the Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm sure it's going to turn out to be a great game. I, I, I'm, I'm sure people in a home environment are going to play that game and absolutely love it because it's got the kind of depth that you can only appreciate in a home environment. And you really need to study the rules and it's complex. It's not, a, it's not a game you can walk up and have immediate fun or know what you're doing. And that's the, that's the thing that ails me when I play it is I go to a bar with 20 bucks and I'm like, I, I just feel it's so confusing to me. And I'm sorry, I just don't want a tutorial or like a, a novel to figure a game out. I also don't care about the theme. I don't love the animations on it compared to the animations on The Hobbit and on Dialed In. Uh, you know, and so I just think it's a miss for me. And and, and just theme alone. Like I just don't care about the theme and theme is very important. Uh, So I just don't think Hobbit's going to be that successful. And the other thing that's going to like really make sales hard is everybody knows that Willy Wonka is next. And that's the problem that Jack has is his secrets have been let out. And the reason why a lot of them got out is he just waited too long. People left the company. People talked, you know, but you know who talks the most, you know, who talks the most jack himself jack tells people when he goes over their houses or has parties or travels to australia he tells people what he's making i know jersey jack's next games i've heard them all from like a variety of people and you all know them too we'll do a separate what's next from jjp show but all that does is freeze people from jumping in with each new title Okay, and that's that's not smart. All right, let's go on. So Jersey Jack's going to have Pirates there. We're not going to see anything on Willy Wonka. Expect to see it be all about Pirates of the Caribbean, all right? All right, what do we got? We've got Chicago Gaming Company. Monster Bash remake will it be there? It has to fucking be there. This game is the worst kept secret ever. It has to be there. This is it's their backyard. They're called Chicago Gaming Company. It's Chicago Expo 2018. All right. If they don't show up with their game after the huge delay from TPF, I mean, let's. It's it's gonna happen. Um, I also think this game is going to. It's gonna be received. I I think lukewarm at this stage. I do. I, I think people will be like. Cool, Monster Bash is great. It is a great game. There is nothing they have to do differently. The game is great. They remade a great game. You know, you are never going to hear me say Monster Bash isn't good. Don't ever let the other podcasts, because I've been letting some of these other dingbats like get into my head, who say like the game has no depth. The game has no depth. The game is perfectly balanced. It is perfectly balanced. And 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 everyone who appreciates pinball knows that. Um, it might be boring to a few tournament players who who can get through it quicker than others, but how many of you out there are that good? Okay? So that's my point. Um, But I also think this game's coming out, and people have played it for 20 years, and a lot of the collectors I know, they already have a Monster Bash. So are they really going to sell their Monster Bashes to go get the new one? I don't know. And a lot of the new guys, I just think they're into the new stuff. So I think Monster Bash is going to be a cool game, I just don't think it's going to sell as well as um, Medieval Madness did or Attack from Mars because, again, I just think there's more uh, there's more games out there now than there was when this company thought they could just be like a thorn in Stern's side. And and now I think they have a lot more competition. And people will always want the new games. All right, who am I missing? We got, uh, let's see. Let's go to Deep Root Pinball. Um, deep root pinball will be there. I've got nine minutes left on my battery life. So you're going to get nine more minutes of a podcast or less. So the thing with deep root is they're coming there. Robert's moderating the panel, uh, and they're going to talk. It's going to be the first time we see J pop there in a long time. I think we're going to not see people bring out the pitchforks. Like they always threaten to do. Uh, It's probably smart that Robert's moderating this. He'll keep the peace. Uh, here's my advice for deep root and I really hope they take this advice. I just wouldn't show anything. I don't even know why they're there to be honest. And if I'm Robert, why show up to expo? You've got your five days of deep root. You are now going up on stage to do what? You're going to talk about something that you should not reveal this early You're not doing pre-order dollars. You don't need people's money. You have this air of curiosity around your company that is super valuable to maintain. And also, I think the biggest mistake is bringing John Papaduke out in public. And I'll explain why. What, What good does that do your company? Nobody needs to forgive him Nobody needs to, like, see him. Nobody needs to hear from him. You know, and again, this is not me being mean to John. I mean, maybe make a spectacle of it and you could wheel him out like he's Hannibal Lecter, you know, like in a a straitjacket on a dolly. Um, But the thing is this. Everyone knows why J-pop failed. Everyone is willing to forgive John if people are made whole on the games and the money he took. But the thing, the other part is, look, he doesn't do any good for your publicly facing company. I mean, I work for companies all the time, Robert, multi-billion dollar companies where if their executive is not good or might say stuff that people don't want or is like a vitriolic or bipolar individual, you don't put them out there in public. Um, I think it's more valuable for Deep Root to just tell the world, we've got a John Papaduke. It's like we've got a cave troll. Like you've got J-Pop and he's locked in the basement of Deep Root in Texas and his whole job is to come up with crazy ideas. To me, that's the way I would tell people you have a J-Pop. I just wouldn't have him out there. And so I know they're excited. I know there's a lot of enthusiasm at Deep Root. And I'm excited for these guys. I can't wait to see these guys. But I would just caution them not to talk too much too soon alright maybe this is day one of the five days of Deep Root I don't know but I think they should really figure out how they're going to get manufacturing of these exciting exciting titles they're working on because I think the day they show you a game is the day that game should be in a box ready to go to somebody I think if they do a reveal that is months ahead of manufacturing, they're going to fall into the same trap that everyone falls into. It's one thing to make a prototype that you're excited about. It's another thing when you get 500 orders for that prototype and you have to actually get people their games. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for these companies. I'm deep rooting for them, uh, but I want them to do it right. And I think there's enough examples of how to do it right. But I think what cripples all of these new companies, it's one thing. It's one thing that makes Chuck get up there at TPF eight months before he knows his game is ready. It's one thing that makes Jack get up there 12 months before it's ready. 12 months. He knew he had engineering issues. He knew he was the, the line wasn't anywhere near ready. You know, it's one thing that had J-POP taking everyone's dollars. It's one thing, okay? It's ego. Ego is the most dangerous thing in this hobby. Ego leads these men to feel like they need to be on stage with a mic telling you all the great things they're going to do because they love the attention and they love the pats on the back they get and they love the limelight. Barry and Yop, ego-driven people. Andrew Highway, ego-driven. Andrew Highway Told people he was going to make 500 games a month before he ever made a single game. He announced Alien before he even had a Whitewood. Ego. Because everyone's like, you're amazing, Andrew. You're incredible. Can't wait to see it. Awesome job. You know who doesn't? Flash Ego. Gary Stern. When's the last time you saw Gary Stern trying to get accolades and limelight and, and the mic? You know where Gary Stern is at? He's at the bank, cashing checks for millions of dollars, chico. You know George Gomez? Hear him talk. It's never ego. It's he's never overpromising. I mean, wait. As I say that, I'm like someone's gonna be like, "Well, George Gomez promised custom callouts in Batman SLE." But look, I think George Gomez, to me, has the right mindset for this business. Because yes, you need a little bit of ego and you need to have some desire to bury your competition in any business. But I think what George does right, and I think what he, what he does right with his team at Stern, is he cracks the whip and makes sure that his company is locked down, keeps their trade secrets tight, focuses on the schedule, focuses on the bomb focuses on getting the game made when we need to get it made to get it out the door to move on to the next game that we're excited to make and he drives that machine and you gotta be impressed by that everyone else you know takes credit for being so creative and collaborative and then what happens they string you along for months and years games come out yada 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 does stern do everything perfect absolutely not but you gotta give them credit Without them, none of these other companies would even be around, all right? So the ego is the killer, man. It kills people in this hobby. Am I missing anybody? Let's see. I think I've hit everybody. My battery is about to die. Um, Multimorphic Chicago Gaming, Dutch. There's no Dutch news. Come on, guys. It's over. Stick a fork in it. Uh, I hope Barry and Yop will sell the game to American Pinball to make on their line. I think that would be a smart move. Um, do, 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 do. I feel like I'm going to like forget someone and they're going to get mad at me. Um, I, You know, the, like we got like the pinball circus guys making kingpin. Uh, what a great reveal they did. Five years from now, we'll probably get one of those games out the door. You know, two guys in a garage. Cool, you're making it. Why'd you tell people about it? Makes no sense. Cool, pointless, bad marketing. Once again, in the pinball world, you know, Guys, super simple. Make your fucking game, okay? Make your game, then show it, then take money, then profit. That's how you do it. Have a good day, everybody. We'll talk to you real soon.